You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Hello and welcome to another edition of the show where we take a wander around the week in Apple, Apple News, Reviews, technology, associated products, and all sorts of other things that catch our eye. This is another episode of the Essential Apple Podcast. Boop, 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 boop. Hello! We're back again after last week where uh, a variety of car incidents uh, kind of got in the way of me uh, doing a recording. Uh, the main one being that on the Saturday morning, I was taking my boy uh, to his drumming lesson when my Citroen suddenly flashed up a big red uh, oil pressure warning light and uh, lost power. So I had to pull into uh, I had to pull into a layby on the dual carriageway. Thankfully, I was only about four hundred yards from one, and uh, there I was stuck until Mister RAC man came. Luckily, he only took about an hour to arrive, thankfully, which is quite quick, and uh, he sucked his teeth and asked me what had happened, and uh, said, have you spoken to the dealership, and I said I had, and he said, what did they say, and they, I said, they said exactly what I thought they'd say, which is exactly what I thought was wrong with it, which is what's known as a wet belt problem, in that uh, the Citroen has an engine where once upon a time, Engines had a timing chain which ran from the crank up to the overhead camshaft. Um, or sometimes they had a split system with a chain that went halfway up and uh, ran in the oil and then a, a rubber belt that went up to the camshaft which is dry. But uh, some bright spark a few years ago came up with the idea of why don't we run a wet rubber belt all the way from the crank to the overhead camshaft. Guess what? That's not a very good idea, because the rubber belts shed stuff. They shed bits of rubber and bits of fluff off the edge of the belt and whatnot, and gradually they accumulate in the oil strainer, and then you'll get a sudden loss of oil pressure. And guess what? That means your car has to be recovered and taken to the dealership and have the sump taken off and all the timing belt changed and a whole load of other work done, so... There you go. That was, uh, and the result of that was, of course, that uh, I was given a paid-for taxi back home, but uh, half of my podcasting kit was in my flat from where I'd recorded with Bart. So uh, I wasn't able to podcast. So there you go. What do you do? Wasn't that fun? <laughs> oh dear. So uh, after that, uh, how was your week or two weeks, Nick? Uh, I've been okay, thank you. I haven't had any wet belt problems at all that I'm aware of. <laughs> well, you know, as you drive an electric car, you don't need a timing belt, do you? Uh, this is true, yes. Uh, and being a musician, of course, I'm always in time. <laughs> <laughs> very good, very good. Well, anyway, after after that, we've got um, a good... Uh, Sort of week and a half's worth of stories, um, all sorts of things going on. I haven't really sorted the notes out very much because I was, as ever, a bit on the drag getting them together. But here we go. So, um, 
This is one from a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Unity has launched a game creator program for the Vision Pro developers. Um, Unity is one of the big, uh, you know, video game engines uh, that people use to create their lovely games. Uh, the other one being the Unreal Engine, um, and I think there might be a couple of others, but uh, they're development environments for creating video games. And uh, Unity have launched one for the Vision Pro, which is interesting. Yeah, not surprising, really, is it? I mean, <laughs> everyone's going to want to make use of the Vision Pro stuff, um, even if it's only going to be a relatively small number of people using it initially. Uh, oh yeah, because because of the cost. But even so, um, yep. this is good news for Apple, I'm sure. Oh, I'm sure it is, and I I think this is probably um, I think this probably one made the news because I don't think I've heard anything from um, Unreal yet. About... No, no, I don't think I have. No. So I assume that that means you, of course, and that gives you know that's going to give Unity um, a sort of a leg up. Um, might tempt yes. people to, you know, who don't use Unity by default to go there to see if they can get first mover advantage or some such. But it's good news anyway. It means people are, you know, jumping on the bandwagon to back up the Vision Pro. Um, and I'm going to jump down the list a bit because um, we have here, um, told you I hadn't sorted them out properly. Um, <laughs> um, where is it? There's a basically um when I can find it, the uh Vision Pro developer kit um has apparently incredibly strict restrictions for those who actually managed to get one. Um here we are, yes. Locked in a locked box in a locked space out of view from the family. A strict list of rules shows Apple is really, really paranoid about early versions of the Vision Pro being stolen. Um, so here we go. Uh, Apple has opened applications for the Vision Pro developer kit ahead of its 2024 launch, early 2024, apparently. Probably means sometime before July. Um, agreement that developers must sign to receive a kit is in true Apple fashion very, very strict. Um, and Apple is secretive about its unreleased products. Um, so that's must... a locked. Is that a locked box in a disused basement? <laughs> in, a, in a toilet marked "Beware of the Leopard." <laughs> here we, yeah, here we go. You may only use it in a locked space. When in use, it should be on your person or within your direct line of sight at all times. No one unauthorized my view, handle, or access it. It must be stored in a locked case in a locked area which only you have access to and should never be left unattended elseways um so, so the is, question is is it in line of is, is it in line of sight if you're actually wearing it <laughs> <laughs> well it says it should be on your person or within your line of sight ah That's right okay don't, don't go leaving it on the table and get a cup of coffee um, yeah there'll be naughty people outside with cameras taking pictures of it Yes, only certain developers, uh, likely only those who need continuous direct access, will even receive these kits after undergoing the application process. Uh, other developers will have to make do with the Vision OS simulator made available for building Vision Pro apps. Others may attend a one-day developer lab that the company has recently begun accepting applications for. 
Um, you must ensure unauthorised persons, including family, friends, roommates, household employees, do not access, view, handle, or use the developer kit, etc., etc. To be fair. I expect this isn't unusual. It's not no, unusual, is it? I mean, this is going to be... There'll be the same, the same sort of restrictions on, you know, uh, uh, what's the... There's a three-letter three acronym, isn't there, for it? What's mm. it called? Uh, where they're not allowed to talk about it kind of thing. Oh, yes, the... Yeah. Um, Non-disclosure, NDA. Non-NDA, that's it, yeah. I mean... It, uh, but it's a similar, similar sort of thing, really. It's just saying, look, we don't want you talking or showing this to anybody. Yeah, exactly. it's just for you to develop stuff on. Yeah, I think they, enough. I think they were pretty much the same about the um, M1 developer kits and so on, which weren't actually M1s. They were A14s yes. or A15s or something. But I'm sure that rules about those were equally strict i don't think they said it's not surprising but uh there you go that was i don't want to don't want to spoil the surprise (laughs) which is which i think is a good thing yeah i mean i know it i know it financially makes sense for them to do it as well but i think we're both of the opinion that actually just surprise us we'd prefer that than drip feed little bits of information about what you're doing well yes definitely and of course, you know, as we're approaching the silly season and the run-up to whatever hardware, you know, iPhone fifteens. Oh, yes. any, like, any anyone will be talking about anything they can lay their hands on. That's right. <laughs> and I'm desperately trying to dodge the stories. What we know about the iPhone fifteen and iPhone fifteen oh, this yeah. and iPhone fifteen that. And it's like I don't want to know. Really, go away. <laughs> Just clear off, please. There, there we go. So that was that one. Um, one uh, which, of course, I could, you can't avoid every anywhere is iPhone 15 Pro's massive upgrades could cost you. Um, could feature customizable action buttons, more premium titanium edges, blah blah blah. And guess what? They might charge you more. Take Apple have never charged more for a new improved model of anything, have they? Ever, 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 ever. So I think that really is one for the. Um, <laughs> that's really a video yeah, of the a, squirrels. That one. The, that's right. There's a squirrel sitting on the table here now, sort of nodding knowingly. <laughs> nodding sagely, yeah, stroking his chin. You know. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, I knew that. <laughs> yeah, and tugging on his tugging on his ear. You know, really, Apple might charge more for flashier new phones. Um, or they, or they might not. <laughs> I mean, yeah, who knows? Who knows? Um. Yeah. Besides which, at the moment, you know, with, uh, what was it, somebody posted something on Twitter and it was like, oh, it could cost a hundred, hundred to $150 more than the current model. And it's like, so what, you're saying 10 to 15% maybe on a thousand plus dollar yeah. phone? Yeah. Um, that's the rate of inflation in an <laughs> At the moment, it is. Eight, yeah. eight to 12% is the rate of inflation what's up with you apple you know they're not a charity we all know they make a lot of money but um you know yes they have no intention of making less (laughs) no they have no intention of making less money whatsoever so yeah well we we shall see what we shall see Um, indeed all sorts of uh thing um follow on with that german expects the iphone 15 to have price increases 
and they tested a dark grey titanium colour for the a- Apple Watch Ultra, apparently. Um, according to German, sure. they did, did that last year and then didn't follow through with it, but they're considering it again for this year. Yeah, I reckon um, that'd look quite nice. Yes. Not that I'm going to buy an Ultra anyway, but uh, I'm sure no. that'd look very good. Yes, sure it would. And, you know, Apple are prone to doing such things whenever they feel like it. So, um, as I say, these are not really in any proper order. Um, That's okay. Don't uh, worry. No, it doesn't really matter, does it? Uh, Twitter, of course, have now uh, officially changed their name to X. And uh, we've got a new icon, which is uh, a black, you know, icon uh, squircle with Elon's X on it, uh, white out of black, which is uh, fairly menacing looking. Um, and its name has been changed to X. But Twitter may not be able to change its iOS app name to X due to Apple's App Store rules. <coughs> which disallow single uh, character names on the App Store, which means if you uh, go and look for Elon's new X, it's in the App Store, it's still titled Twitter. So if you, uh, you know, want to download it, you have to go and look for Twitter. Um, even yeah, I rather, I, I rather like the comment in the forums, the, you know, the, uh, what was it, they, they said the... Um... X, the pre- formerly known as Twitter. <laughs> yes, precisely. Yeah. Precisely. And um, also, while we're talking about Twitter, um, Elon was so keen to remove the Twitter branding from his building that he got crew in to start taking the signs down and uh, forgot to get permission from the uh, local authorities and the police turned up while they were halfway done with their cranes and oh ropes and tackles and told him to stop. And uh, he had to go away, apparently, and get official permission to have cranes and workmen and things all over the place taking down the signage on the front of the building. Um, yeah, you can, and... always, you can always tell people who aren't used to having people say no to them, can't you? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but, of course, he did subsequently do it, and now he's stuck a giant flashing X on the top of the building. Um, and if you look on Twitter or various other places, you'll see film of it flashing really brightly. Um, some people have said, is it flashing Morse code and whatnot? But uh, as far as I can tell, it's just in a, in a typically American understated way. Is that what we're saying? Yes. And uh, uh, lots of people <laughs> have also sent memes of people who are in the, um, I, I guess, I don't know if it's a, a residential block of, uh, you know, tower block or if it's office buildings, but people have sent memes to Twitter of people being, you know, screaming in horror as the blinding light. <laughs> <laughs> flashes into their apartments, uh, which is quite amusing. Um, But there you go. That's uh, Elon being Elon. Um, What will happen, we do not know. There we go. But uh, whether or not uh, Apple will make an exception for Elon, we do not know. But they've not allowed anybody else to do such a thing. Um, If you sort of find, come across apps which wish to technically have a single character name some of the markdown um apps wish to go by m um usually they end up being m 
dash, uh, you know, markdown editor or write right. freely or some other, you know, tagline attached. So um, somebody has said uh, it'll probably end up being X dash the everything app, which of course is uh, Elon's other comment that he wants to turn Twitter into something that does everything. You know, your banking and your videos and all sorts of things. There we go. <laughs> it oh, sounds to um, me. It sounds to me as he have, if he hasn't really got a clue what to do with it. <laughs> no, I don't think he's got any idea what he's doing with it. He's just freewheeling. Just I think mucking, mucking about until someone says that's a good idea. Yeah, I think so. And I think he's also just generally trying to annoy uh, Mark. You know, Mister Zuckerman. <laughs> yes, Zuckerberg. Even anyway, there we mm. go. Such is uh, you know. Oh, it must be nice to be so rich that you can you know throw forty four billion or whatever it was at something and play around with it to your heart's content, no matter how much you annoy your customers and your and your staff. Presumably, I mean, well, yeah, not he laid it. No, he laid half of them off, didn't he? The minute he took over, so I think he did. Yeah, but that's usually what happens when a new CEO CEO takes over. So, yeah, in most companies, there's some laying off of people. Usually, the people who don't agree with the CEO. <laughs> yeah, usually those who said no, we don't want to be taken over by Elon. You up against the wall, mate. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yes, you're out. That's as my father always said, it's a bad news to be a revolutionary because when you come to power, the head of the revolution usually get, wants to get rid of all the people who were troublemakers, just in case they decide <laughs> they don't like him being head of the revolution. Yes. Oh, dear. Um, uh, apparently, the iPhone 5... This is another Vinnie and the Squirrels one, really. The iPhone Pro will be redesigned to be more repairable like the iPhone 14. Um, standard because last year um, it came out didn't it the, the iPhone 14 standard and the iPhone 14 plus uh, were designed to have the back taken off right uh, separately so that um, so it's a story actually that says you know you know what they did last year they're going to do that again this year <laughs> well they, they, but they, they because the pros didn't get it last year the, the pros still oh, had oh the, right okay um Almost certainly because they came up with the idea after the pro had, you know, been finalised. I mean, if they're starting, if they're starting to do it on all their phones, well, then you're right. I mean, this is a foregone conclusion. I would have thought. I would, yes. I mean, I'm pretty sure last year when when it came out, when um, oh, who's the people who do the breakdowns? I've gone blank. Um, I fix it. Yeah. When they, they got hold of it and tore down the the iPhone 14, they were like, oh, this, you know, these ones have a different design where they have a kind of inner chassis and the back uh, components are accessible from the back. And the, Because obviously one of the problems with the earlier, the 12s and the 13s, is that if something that um, needs to be repaired is up against the back glass, you've got to disassemble the whole phone. Um, yeah. which makes well, it expensive. I think I think we've talked about it before and I've always said that Apple could do it if they really wanted to yes. if they want to make it more repairable they could it, yes. it, it will take more effort of course but yeah well they did it so with the 14 they did it with the 14 and not the 14 pros so now they're suggesting that the 15 pro will be redesigned to be more repairable like the 14 was 
Um, Good, I'm sure everyone will be very pleased about it. I certainly I... won't be taking mine to pieces. <laughs> no, no, exactly. Um, and um, Apple are requiring developers to validate the use of certain APIs with the aim of improving privacy. Um, and this one's in several places. Um, in a significant move to enhance user privacy, developers will be required to provide justification for the utilization of certain Apple APIs before their apps can be featured on the store, um, as reported in a recent update on the Apple developer website. Um, and uh, apparently, Sorry. Apple will now categorize some APIs as required reason APIs. Um, and this right. classification so will impact. This sort of makes sort of makes sense, doesn't it? Because we've, I mean, I'm sure we've all often looked at what AP, what um, features some of our apps want to access, and you have to think to yourself, well, hold on a minute, why does a why does a, a fart app need to know where I am? And exactly, <laughs> precisely, all those sort of things, you know. You know, exactly. So, um, effectively, the classification implies that developers uh, must elucidate the reasons behind their use of uh, certain APIs in the privacy manifest. Um, yeah, user defaults. Uh, yeah, certain APIs, including frequently used APIs, including user defaults, an API which retains user preferences, are now included in the required reason segment. Um, and I think that's a very good thing. Apple, uh, you know, asking people to justify why they need access to your location or your microphone or, or whatever other things, yeah. and um, or your camera, yeah, or all sorts of other things. And also, um, got another one here which goes with it, um, which is uh, uh, Apple cracks down on apps identifying users through device fingerprinting um which i suspect actually revolves around the same uh thing uh the app store has been rejecting apps collecting user data to circumvent privacy measures um yeah and soon developers will be required to justify their use of certain features which is effectively the same story with a slightly different spin but uh, both yes. are true both are true in other words, because you can device fingerprint stuff by collecting all sorts of information like how many images you have in your library and how much free space you have and what apps you've got installed and such like, uh, which I use to try and track you. So we've talked about fingerprinting before, haven't we? Um, yeah, we have. I mean, I mean, if you've got... Um... If you've got an app that doesn't need access to photos, there's <laughs> exactly there's no no reason you should know how many photos there are on the device. Exactly. So, um, that's no, Apple. that's good. That's just Apple being Apple, isn't it? Being that's yeah, just Apple yeah. being Apple, and um, <clears throat> yeah, more security conscious. Clamping down on what sort of information apps can get hold of, uh, and they have to be able to justify their. Uh, access to certain APIs. Um, Fair enough. Which is all good stuff, I think. Mm -hmm. um, uh, apparently, iPad Pro repairs are breaking some Apple Pencil features. Um, and guess what? 
this is, you know, uh, if you have uh, an iPad which works with an Apple Pencil and you break the screen and have it replaced, uh, your Apple Pencil may not work properly afterwards. Um, obviously, uh, it says here, last year, third-party places and right-to-repair campaigners were up in arms because the unofficial screen replacements would prevent Face ID from working. Uh, this is down to serialization or parts pairing, and it's a tactic Apple increasingly uses to combat unauthorized repairs. If the serial number doesn't match, the donor component may be rejected in a number of ways. Uh, while Apple has software to approve new serial numbers within a device, third parties do not. In the case of Face ID not working, Apple ultimately relented. But a similar issue is now facing those who have their iPad Pros repaired without using Apple's official channels. Um, it's also, I mean, in, I mean, I can see both sides of this. Apple don't want you to replace your screen with a an inferior screen and then blame Apple for it. Um, precisely. So, I mean, I can I can understand why they're doing it. I don't think it's simply that they're trying to be awkward. I think it's you know. If they start getting lots of why isn't this working properly, and it's simply because people have gone to third parties, well then, uh, c'est la vie. <laughs> mm. It says here, um, we found with the newer versions of the iPad that when you put on a new screen, even if it's taken from another iPad, the pencil strokes will not work perfectly. Um, we have a oh, memory chip which sits on the screen programmed to only allow the pencil functionality to work if the screen is connected to the original logic board, he continued. Um, not sure that's quite as nice. I mean, if you take, no. a, take a screen from a, um, you know, a salvaged, um, otherwise dead um, iPad Pro of the same generation and fit it to a, one that's got a broken screen, you would think that that should work. This is all the. This is the. This is the issue, isn't it? When you when you're a company that's used to keeping control of things, you're very reluctant to give up control. Mm. And um, yeah, it's a it's a it's a fine line to walk, isn't it? Between being completely protectionist and saying no, no one else is going to touch our stuff, and and offering the right for people to do what they want. It's a, it's a tricky one. I mean. The third-party screen thing is, to be honest, if you you know if you've got a an iPad that's cost you a thousand dollars or twelve hundred dollars, you know, um, why haven't you got Apple Care on it? To be honest, hate to be you know yeah. overly harsh. And if you you know if I had one of those and I broke it, I would not be looking to put a cheap Chinese third-party screen on it. Um, Although it's a bit, I think it's a bit naughty that if you take it to, uh, you know, someone who, can, iPad. Yeah. you know, who's got a broken iPad and takes the screen off it and fits it, I mean, you would expect that to work correctly without any um, significant hitches. So I think that's maybe a little bit um, cheeky. Um, yeah. But um, I don't know quite what to make out of that. I mean, my daughter. Um, we talked about it before, you know, the battery on a 11 Pro Max was getting very um, worn up. And uh, we talked about, she went to, we went to Armaphone in Ipswich, the company I talked about on there before. And um, she got, 
I think they gave her a choice. She could have a genuine Apple battery, and I can't remember what they quoted her for that. Or she could have a third-party battery, which was guaranteed for a year and all the rest. And, and that was, I think it was £80. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, done in an hour. I mean, the only side effect she's had from that is if you go into the settings and go to battery health, it says this may not be an official Apple battery. So you can right. no longer you can no longer get the thing of, that shows you what the original capacity and the current capacity yeah. is. But, um, you know, for a phone she's had several years, she was quite happy to um, make that sacrifice because, you know, by the time that battery starts to fade the 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 phone will be about seven years old so Mm. i I think i think generally apple is a little bit overprotective of its um intellectual property as it were and uh and its physical you know um devices i I think they could have made more effort over the years to to make them more repairable and perhaps not quite so expensive to repair yeah, and uh, I know that's a bit of an anathema for uh, for Apple, but uh, well, I think uh, actually to some extent since it was Johnny dis- Johnny left, I think they have started making some steps. Um, that, yes, they've made some small steps, definitely, and and, and design wise as well. I mean, obviously they've made some compromises, and um, but, but I still think that um, some of Apple's practices could be seen as a little bit. Um, over, over yes. overbearing yeah yes i i think i i'd agree with that you know we like their stuff we don't always like some of the things they do um which is why of course you know there are um right to repair antitrust kind yeah. of investigations and whatnot going on um and i think it would not do apple any real harm and i think that's possibly why they're you know, they're making various concessions, such as uh, making it so the back of the iPhone can come off separately, which can't do them any harm either, can it? You know? No. Um, no, of course not. Somebody breaks the black back glass on their phone, it's got to be a lot cheaper and easier for Apple if you can just un- basically unscrew the back, take it off and put another one on. Put another one on. Yeah, that's right. You know? um, that's why you on some of the... Um, certainly the... 12s and the 13s if you broke the black back glass certainly on the um pro models it was shockingly expensive it was almost to the point of don't bother just buy another phone just buy another yeah that's right you know the cost of getting it repaired was like 800 dollars out of an 1100 dollar phone which is of course why they have apple care and apple care plus you know yes which again is a little overpriced in my opinion, but there we go. Well, yeah, I've never, I've never bought it. So, <laughs> well, I rarely bought it. I when I bought this, um, when I bought this M2 MacBook Air, I decided to take yes. it out because uh, That's they probably were doing, a good idea. They were doing a bundle as well. Um, oh, okay. There was something that if you bought, you got if you added it to the basket rather than afterwards, you got some kind of discount. Mm-hmm. And, um, it cost me a lot of money, and I thought, yes, all right, just for once, I will. I think. Um, so, yep. Um, where are we? Um, oh, yes, we've got um, Creative Block brought us Apple's latest patent. Sounds like a game changer for DJs. Now, obviously, patents are patents, and we all know what they might uh, 
signified, which is absolutely nothing. Um, but uh, there is a patent for a modular laptop which can be attached to various screens, keyboards and more, physically or wirelessly. Uh, most intriguing of all, the patent documentation shows a diagram including a turntable, um, <laughs> which uh, seems a little wild, but um, the hmm. idea appears to be here that um, you know you can attach various keyboards or uh, touchpads, or I mean, as a concept, it's interesting. Apple patent a lot of things that are interesting concepts without actually going anywhere with them, so. Um, yeah, so I, I must admit, looking at the little diagram that they've got on the screen here, I have to ask myself, why not just have one to the side that's connected via Bluetooth? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> don't quite understand why you have to have it on top of the keyboard, but there you go. No. Yeah, um, that that just looks like someone's flight of fantasy to me. <laughs> but this is apparently from the from the from the patent application, so yeah, um, yeah, no doubt someone thinks it's a good idea. <laughs> I'm not As sure say, everyone does. No, the documentation reads, the computing device can be utilised by a music producer, a disc jockey, audio engineer, or the like to generate music in one configuration being modular to permit the user to remove the input device and remove, removably attach a keyboard or second display to the base to provide... I mean, in some respects, the other little diagram here, it looks... It's like... Okay, so imagine that was an iPad, and then you've got a smart connector to, you know, a keyboard. But in this, the keyboard is removable from that part, and you could add a giant, like, drawing tablet touch surface. Yeah, or, yeah I um, can see that. Yeah, I can see that, but that would strike me as being more like something you would want to do with an iPad. Um, whatever. Interesting concept doesn't mean it's going anywhere, does it? No, I mean, Apple do put in a lot of patents, but many of them don't come to anything, so... Yep, but... Uh, I can't see that one, personally, but uh, we'll see. No, I don't quite get that, but I assume that maybe there's some, you know... Well, we could do it, we're going to patent it, and we'll get there first, and then if somebody else does something, we can claim we've got a patent on it. No. Is this is this a new thing or is this just something all the sites are doing at the moment? This What's that? when you move your mouse away, it pops up a dialogue box, a, oh. a, a, an advert, or a... Lot, lots of them are so doing it. Yeah, it's yet another one that's really annoying. Please stop doing it. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, and they, you know, I've got all my usual blockers and whatnot, but they've found something that manages to get round them uh. as quick as quick as you know, as quick as things like ad block and um yes. ghostery and whatnot find ways of blocking and hush annoy block these annoying things they find a way to bug you differently don't they so um uh, this one this one's another little a uh, little story here but i found this quite interesting and i think it it might actually go somewhere over time tidbits uh are introducing the do you use it polls um to get a sense of how heavily tidbits readers use particular features in apple's operating systems we are starting to host polls where you can vote explaining why you voted as you did and see what others think um and as they uh adam Enks, this is by and as he says um i'm sure apple has statistics on feature use because um 
David Shea once explained how seriously Apple takes user privacy when recording usage statistics. Um, um, but basically, they want to uh, run occasional polls on various features. To uh... Uh, yeah, they've got three here. They've got do you use it? Do you use it? Stage manager on the Mac. Do you use it? Stage manager on the iPad. And do you use it? Launchpad on the Mac. And I have to yeah. say. No, no to all of those. <laughs> yeah, but they, you know, there you go. Um, this is the thing they're saying. Uh, what did you he say here? Uh, my first two polls were driven by wondering how many people use Stage Manager on the Mac and the iPad, and the third stemmed from a throwaway comment in the discussion: "Does anyone actually use Launchpad?" This triggered so many comments, I turned it into a poll to clean up the conversation. Uh, future polls will cover features which undoubtedly enjoy broad adoption like Time Machine or Spotlight. I plan to use them to introduce helpful little features that many people don't even know about, like proxy icons. Um, That's interesting. Uh, ju- just as a note, I've just tried to do it, and you do have to log into it, make an account with tidbits to be able to vote. Yes. Well, that's not surprising, is it? Um, uh, no, but... no, but... Uh... Interesting, just the same. It might be worth keeping an eye on. Um, yeah. I, I would think quite possibly, because obviously sometimes, you know, when every, every time we get a new iOS or uh, or whatever, you know, there's various features touted as they're going to be the greatest thing ever and change the way you work. And some of them catch on and become incredibly, uh, you know, widely yeah. adopted and others just sink without trace because nobody but but you'll always find it depends sometimes it depends on how you use the machine so of course it does um, so when you, if you're a spreadsheet user like i was when i was at work um if you didn't use control c and control v and control x or command for for the mac then then you i mean you just waste so much time <laughs> Oh yeah, and and I know sometimes I'd go and help somebody, and I'd say, "You do know that you can just use Control C and Control V, don't you?" And they'd say, "Oh no, I didn't know that." Right. <laughs> <laughs> I used to tear my hair out, but um, I'm sure that's true with the Mac as well. I'm sure there's lots and lots and lots of stuff in there that they've put in over the over time oh, that yeah, we've all which... forgotten about, and that we, some of us have never used, you know, tried once and never used again, kind of thing. Uh, well, you know, it's like. It's like because there's often half a dozen ways of doing everything. I mean, we've talked about that before. You know, some people yeah. love Command Tab as a, a as a um, an app switcher, and uh, yes, I almost never use it. I've very rarely used it. Um, yeah, I use I, I use Command Tab on occasion, at, um, particularly if I'm having struggling with a. Sometimes I've been struggling trying to do something at church, and I haven't got a keyboard or a. You know what I mean? So literally. Oh, yeah. I'm, uh, well, rather than you know trying to find how to do stuff on a Mac without a keyboard, it's really hard. <laughs> but there are ways of doing it. There are indeed, there are. But um, yeah, I mean, obviously, this is one of those you know, to some extent, one man's trash is another man's treasure. Because, yes, you know, and, and uh, I mean, my experience of working with in IT is that uh, you often find people have completely different ways of doing stuff. Um, and some people just won't know about certain features and others will. And it's just, you know, life. <laughs> Our soft, the software we use is so complex that 
there will be bits you use and there'll probably be things that you do that really annoy other people because there's so much quicker ways of doing them. Um, but we've, we only have so much time in a lifetime to learn stuff. <laughs> that's true. Very true. So, um, yeah. But that that's good. Very, very I think true. that'll be interesting. Yeah, that yeah. could be, you know, an interesting... It would also, I suspect it'd be, you know, quite interesting to follow when new features come along and see how widely they become adopted and how yeah. quickly. Yes, indeed. Um, so that's, uh, as they say, uh, I think of three reasons we might care about how certain, uh, how heavily certain features are used. Um, social proof. When we lack the time or expertise to evaluate something for ourselves, we can fall back on social proof. Do people like me use this feature? It's a shortcut yeah. to be sure, but we can do it, and it's not necessarily problematic as long as you don't just accept the crowd opinion as gospel truth. Um, mm -hmm. Evangelism, it's entirely human to wish to share, and we think a feature makes a difference in our lives. We wish to tell other peoples about it. Um, to an extent, this also applies on the negative side. I seldom cover features for which I have no use. Um, I sometimes feel the need to call out unchecked marketing. Um, we all have uh, curiosity, we have opinions about the utility of Apple features, but no way of knowing the extent to which others share these. I'm curious if my instincts as a tech publisher are on target or if I need to adjust my beliefs to match the tidbits readership. So there we go. Um, that could be an interesting uh, thing to follow. And I think Adam says here he's not going to do loads, maybe one a week or two a week just to... You know, doesn't want it to become a pain in the backside to either contribute to or follow. Makes sense. Uh, I thought that was interesting. Um, yeah. I think the I'd, I'd be obviously I don't use Stage Manager because I don't have uh, an iPad and I've got no use of Stage Manager on the Mac because I don't see the point of it particularly. Um, no, I mean I must admit when they showed it, I I thought, oh, oh, that looks a good idea, and then when I actually tried it, I thought, huh. <laughs> maybe not maybe not so much there we yeah. are um and, I, and I, after all we are both getting older as they say and, yeah and, uh, and, uh, set in our ways set in our ways yeah <laughs> I, I, I think i'd be interested in looking at the do you use the launch pad on the mac because um i think i've uh you know opened that when they first introduced it looked at it and went Okay, so it's the equivalent of the home screen on an iPad or a, um, you know, an iPhone, and I have yeah. see absolutely no use for it whatsoever. But um, you know, if you came to the Mac from an iPad, you might find it the most comforting way to navigate your. Yeah, maybe so. Yeah, I hadn't really thought of that, but yeah, that's possible, isn't it? Yes, Vinny. Thank you for that. Yeah, Vinny. Vinny agrees definitely. Vinny agrees. Oh dear. Um, uh, we've got from Mac Rumors, what's new with autocorrect and the keyboard in iOS 17? Because, of course, more um, betas are coming out all the time. I think what we're on developer beta 4, I think, at the moment. Um, so here we have uh, a piece on Mac Rumors uh, explaining what the changes are and uh, how they are going to effectively uh, apparently help us all um sentence autofill um which will make suggestions in line and work for entire sentences as well um better grammar correction which is quite nice 
Um, oh, does that does that mean it's going to be out that? Um, does that mean the WhatsApp is now going to be able to tell the difference between God and good? <laughs> I don't know about Sometimes WhatsApp. Sometimes I'll put God morning. Yeah. I'll, I'll put God morning and uh, 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 and uh, good bless. <laughs> yeah, whether whether or not it will it affect WhatsApp, tell the difference. I don't know, but uh, apparently. Well, it depends know. on what. I suppose it depends on whether WhatsApp uses the uh, Apple Autocorrect, doesn't it? Really, so. it does. I don't know. Yeah. But um, yeah, I'm looking forward to some of these changes. I mean, that lots of people, you know, curse autocorrect all the time. But if you actually turn it off and try typing, you'd be surprised what a horrible mess you actually make of it. It's you only really notice autocorrect going horribly wrong when it goes completely doolally. One of the things I find really funny is um, uh, 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 last weekend I was playing it. Uh, the reason I couldn't join you is because. Um, uh, oh no, it wasn't. No, it wasn't the reason I couldn't join you. Last last Sunday, I was playing at Stockland Green Church uh, because they were having a, a celebration. One of the guys there is a hundred years old. He's amazing. It was at a concert last night, and he he got up and sang two pieces with the male voice choir he used to sing with. And he's a hundred, quite a remarkable man. And um, uh, uh, Nicola Jones, who was our, one of our previous ministers, came back and. Uh, She's one of these people who doesn't really do technology very well, but um, she's also one of these people who doesn't like her stuff being corrected. And as a consequence, you know, you you have to translate her emails because <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't she doesn't check what she's typing either. <laughs> no, that's it, yeah. And, uh, uh, yeah uh, so uh, yeah, it used to be quite amusing sometimes reading her emails and thinking, oh, uh, okay, what did she mean by that? Uh, oh, yes. <laughs> So I asked her at one point, I was setting up a, a phone for her, and I said, do you want autocorrect on? And she said, oh, no, no, I don't want anything like that. I, I don't want something altering what I'm typing. <laughs> <laughs> she'd, she'd prefer it to be completely unintelligible. <laughs> Bless her. Anyway, so apparently they're changing over to, what is it, a tensile engine, I believe? Uh yeah, anything anyway, yeah. that sort of anything that looks at what you do and what you say regularly and can you know hone yep. it down so it knows what to expect. That's a good thing. Yeah, here we go. It's adopting a transformer language model, which will better personalise the autocorrect to each user, as it is able to learn your personal preferences and word choices yeah. to be more useful. Um, and the grammar correct, for example, it says here. Uh, for example, it can should be able to correct the incorrect use of affect versus effect. Um, the, oh, very good. Yeah. The, the various uses of there, uh, then versus then, uh, you know, the various versions of two, it's versus it is, and other common grammatical errors, which would be nice. Um, so we'll have to see how that pans out in real life, won't we? But I'm looking we will. forward to it. Interestingly, yeah. I am looking forward to it. I don't hate autocorrect, but it does have certain things that really annoy me. Like if it tries to autocorrect something that you typed, and you can keep going back and trying to type something different, and it will try and <laughs> keep insisting that it knows better than you. It is, uh, I mean, one of the features they say they're adding is where it autocorrects something, you will be able to tap on the word, and it will show you what you typed originally, and other suggestions. Oh, right. 
which is nice. Uh, it, I think I've probably told you this before, but back in my Archimedes days, I had a, a word processor that was uh, um, it would it would have a guess at some of the words, um, particularly when I put names in. And we, we used to have a lady who used to write the occasional article called Dorothy Edwards. And it used to always suggest Dormouse Edwardian. <laughs> <laughs> and it always made me giggle every time it did it. Uh, long, yeah, long, long ago, um, back in the day, I used when I used to do um, a role-playing newsletter, um, and I used to write articles. And in those days, I used to put it together with PageMaker 4.2. And mm-hmm. uh, that had a sort of uh, under-the-desk thing called story mode, which was basically uh, you could you would come out of the um, you would come out of the you know the layout version, and it would bring up in effect a very simple, um, well, not that simple, but a, a word processor to some extent. A little bit, like, a little bit like Pages does. Yeah, yeah. like it's a story editor, right? It was, and it would basically if you you would yes. click in the story on the on the layout. And uh, bring up the story editor, and then it would just show you the text without any styling, and you could do your spell gotcha. checking and yeah. whatnot. And um, whenever I spell check an article of my own, it would get to the end where I'd signed it off, and uh, it would always suggest that my name should be Summon Preline, which um, <laughs> for, for a role playing uh, magazine was actually quite amusing. And I would, uh, uh, you know, sometimes say, you know, this is a new spell for warlocks. Summon Preline. Yes, summon Preline. For those of you who are a little bit peckish after fighting that dragon. Yeah, that's uh, right. Conquer, conquer your enemies with a slightly sticky sweet. <laughs> yeah. Good, good for di- distracting hungry, uh, you know, goblins. I don't know. Whatever. Oh, I like... I think you've probably told me that before, but but that also still makes me laugh. <laughs> yeah, there we are. That's good. Um, where are we? Uh, where were we? Uh, that's autocorrect. Uh, this this one is uh, ultra rare Apple sneakers set for uh, a fifty k Sotheby's auction. Um, we all know how collectors love incredibly rare bits of Apple stuff. Um, Sotheby's has a pair of ultra-rare Apple sneakers from the 1990s given as a one-time gift to Apple employees with a staggering price of $50,000. Only $50,000? Gosh, I might might come down on that. Yeah, definitely. I'll take a fiver and see if they'll take, you know, (laughs) (laughs) as a down payment. Uh, I yeah. do actually some people will pay large amounts of money for very strange things, won't they? Yeah. yeah. Um, in 1986, Apple released a clothing and accessories line called the Apple Collection, which featured mugs, umbrellas, bags, key rings, and a sailboard, um, also showcasing the now nostalgic rainbow Apple logo, but it was discontinued in 1999. I'm surprised it ran that long, actually. Um, the Apple logo... Sneakers, however, were made for Apple employees as a one-time giveaway during a national sales conference in the 1990s, and an ultra-rare pair has resurfaced. Um, having never reached the general public, this pair of sneakers is one of the most obscure in existence and highly coveted on the resale market. There's Sotheby's in the catalogue listing. Well, there you go. Maybe, um, maybe I ought to go and take me ghostery T-shirt off then. 
yeah. <laughs> and pack it away in a box somewhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I do remember that they did have an. They had a watch. It was like a Swatch watch. It would, oh right. It's occasionally come up. Occasionally, like when the Apple Watch launched, people were like, "This is." Some people who were in the know were like, "This isn't actually the first Apple Watch ever made." But it was basically a Swatch watch. Um, with uh, had, if I recall, yeah, I... it had weird hands, which were based on the, the Copeland thing that never took off. Um, oh right. There we go. Um, yeah, the only thing I ever got that was sort of branded in that way was I, I uh, when the when I first joined Seven Trent, the I, I started work for Seven Trent Systems, and they were a separate company uh, under the under the PLC, and uh, they decided to rebrand themselves basically because they were getting more and more in debt, <laughs> and they thought it was a good idea at the time, and they called themselves a Serity. I won't go into why they were called that, but. It, it's very corny and um so i've got a necessity umbrella <laughs> it's probably worth well probably less than an umbrella actually <laughs> probably it's a nice umbrella go. though it was a proper you know, golfing one i've found a picture can i get it in the drop it in the wire for you um oh yeah i'd be interested to see them Actually, it's not a Swatch watch. I remember it being like a Swatch watch, but it's a bit more, um, it's a bit more flash than that. It seems. I'm sure there must. There's probably someone somewhere in America who says, "Oh, I've got two or three pairs of these things up up in the loft." <laughs> yeah. Come on in. I'm going to drop it. Do they down. have lofts in America, or is that a British word only? Well, they have attics, don't they? Attics, of course, attics. Yeah. There you go. There's oh, a I see what you maybe, mean. Maybe we'll, um, yeah. Yeah, so it's got like a blue rim and a white face with red and green arrow. Yeah, um, it, it, it's got a like a, tr- like a, a, a thin a arrow green, and a triangle, green yeah. triangle. And if you if you can see it close enough, um, you'll see that the second hand is a squiggly line. Um, oh, oh, I see what you mean. Yes, yeah. Oh, interesting. Um, and that one, not exactly the kind of watch I'd like particularly, but there you go. No, there's a link if you want to see it up big, ah. like, like full screen. Um, and we'll put that, uh, I'll put that link in the show notes and... Uh, oh, I see what you mean. Yeah. Might well use that as uh, a Japan movement. <laughs> Courts with a Japan movement. Oh, it's got the Apple, the old Apple logo on it, hasn't it? So I can see yep. why that, you know, people might be interested in that. Cool. Might have to edit some of this out, but anyway, never mind. I was trying to find the the thing that it was um, trying to find the uh, thing that it was based on. Oh, I found the picture of the apple. Uh, the apple. Um, it's just a some white trainers with the word apple on the side of them. Yeah, <laughs> and the, apple, and the logo, the old apple logo. Yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Can't believe someone would pay fifty thousand pounds for them, but they yeah, fifty thousand well, dollars rather. People pay for all. But it's amazing what on. people, yeah, amazing what people will spend money on. Well, if you got that much money, I suppose it doesn't matter, does it? No, no. Got that sort of money to throw around, you really don't care. Um, what else we've got? Um, we've got a couple of um bits here. Um, the Beat Studio Pro review from the Guardian. Um. Apple's new top headphones love Android 2. Um, these are, I forget, these are slightly less money than the Apple 
uh, AirPods uh, Max. Yeah. But they're not cheap. I think they're about 350 to 400 pounds. Um, Ouch. Uh, they're nice, nice looking headphones. They're, they're not unlike the Sony ones nope. I'm wearing, which cost nowhere near that. <laughs> I mean, they're basic. They're basically follow the kind of standard Beats look. Uh, they fold up in a rather more conventional manner than the yep. AirPods. Uh, they've got what the features here. Three hundred and forty-nine pounds there. Yeah. Um, so what we got here? Um, obviously, they've got Bluetooth. They've got active noise cancelling. Um, I think we said they've got. Uh, yeah, here we are. Apple's second most expensive Bluetooth headphones after the. 549 AirPods Max, uh, but like all Beats kit, they caught Android users as much as iPhone. Um, blah, blah, blah. Um, slightly more solid feeling than their predecessors. They have new colours, but otherwise are I- almost identical looks-wise. Um, ear cups are shallow compared with some and clamp your head strongly while remaining light and comfortable for three-hour-plus listening. Mm. And they support uh, sort of uh, the Apple, usual Apple features um, yeah, with auto connection and auto switching and noise cancelling. Apparently, 24 hours of playback with noise cancelling or 40 hours without. Um, this is decent, but miles behind the 60 hours which Sennheiser manage. Oh, right. Okay. Depends how much Sennheiser are, isn't it? <laughs> I, I used to have some Sennheiser Sennheiser headphones years ago. They were good headphones. Yeah, uh, I had but, some. But then I wasn't spending anywhere near the amount that I spent on these, and I think I only I think I only spent about two hundred and twenty pounds on these. But uh, that's the probably the most I've ever spent on headphones. Yeah, there we go. So uh, if you're interested, uh, the Guardian have a review there. Um, uh, obviously, more from the betas here. Watch OS ten adds all new gestures for Apple Watch users. Um, some of which have changed. So, for example, um, slide up now opens the Smart Stack feature, uh, whereas previously it was the Control Panel, um, the Control Center. Sliding your finger to the left or right no longer triggers any action, whereas previously it was switched your watch face. Sliding finger down still opens the notifications. Uh, long press will edit or select a new watch face. Spinning the digital crown will also open the smart stack feature. Open the app library or go back to the watch face by pressing the digital crown. Uh, double press the, press the digital crown to show all open apps. Press the side button to open the control center. Double press the side button to open Apple Pay as now. Press both the side button and the digital crown to take a screenshot. Um, okay. Um, not sure why they've removed sliding your finger left or right as it doesn't appear to have been replaced with anything else. Hmm. Um, and uh, apparently now you you know you've got two ways to open the Smart Stack feature. Um, I think if it was me, I probably would have left swipe up for the Control Center and uh, put open the you know, leave open the stack on spin the crown, but you know, that's me. Apple do what Apple do. We'll all get used to it, I have no doubt. Yeah. Quickly enough. Um I am looking forward to the to the smart stack though. I think that could be uh a nice feature in OS ten. Mm-hmm. 
uh, watch OS ten. Um. Ah, right. Now we've got a couple of security stories. Uh, the Macs are under attack from a password stealing malware. Um, how to stay safe? Um, apparently there is a dangerous new Mac malware which can steal passwords, crypto, and more. But um, you can only get it by downloading some dodgy blockchain games. So basically, um, as I have nothing to Don't do with do blockchain, that. and I've no idea why you would want to download quote unquote blockchain games, um, I think probably most of us are fairly safe. Um, however, if you do get infected, um, the Cybersecurity Sentinel one found several distinct differences between. Um, 59 different samples, um, 16 variants, and provided further insight in a blog post. Uh, if you try and download any of the fake blockchain games used in this campaign, the package or DMG disk files used to distribute them contain malicious Mac O files and no games. Uh, in order to bypass Apple security, the hackers are using valid but now revoked Apple developer IDs. Um, they all target browsers such as Firefox, Chrome, Opera, Brave, Vivaldi, and the Telegram app. None of the variants analysed by Sentinel-1 target Safari. However, the malware is able to steal passwords, cookies, other sensitive data from a user's browser, and will also attempt to steal passwords saved in the keychain, um, which is the iPhone maker's password manager. Um, Surprisingly, the creators also made preparations to target Mac OS 14 Sonoma, which is not yet released. Um, and the simple answer is how to stay safe, don't bag, download blockchain games, whatever those are. Yeah, don't, um, don't download dodgy stuff. <laughs> exactly. Um, and the other one, of course, uh, is Apple iPhone users are urged to update devices after 25 security laws were uh, patched, which is, of course, 16.6, which was released totally earlier good. in the week um, and does indeed patch a whole host of discovered flaws. So, you know, check your, uh, check your devices to see if you are fully up to date. Simple as that. Um, uh, where are we? Uh, the French Competition Authority has issued an antitrust objection to Apple or app data tracking. Um, and this is uh, obviously when Apple introduced the app tracking transparency feature, which asked the iPhone users if they would like to be tracked or not. Um, the industry lobby groups say the feature led to revenue declines and it gave an Apple an unfair advantage as its own apps do not include um, a do you wish to track feature. Apple's response is that uh, app tracking transparency gives users more control by requiring apps to ask permission before it tracks them and it will continue to engage with the French regulator. It said its own apps do not need an ATT prompt because they do not track the user. We do not track, meaning they do not link user or device data with user or device data collected from other companies, apps, websites, or offline properties for targeted advertising or advertising measurement purposes. Nor do they share the user or device data with data brokers. So there you go. Um, Apple Apple says um, Apple says we're going to do this for you, and it's good, and it'll help. And along comes some authority somewhere in the world and says. We don't want you doing that. Can you stop doing that immediately? 
Well, I think I think this is not not so much a case of uh, the French, you know, particularly attacking Apple. I think it's the fact that they've been presented with a you know a complaint by the advertising industry and uh, of course, yes, who, and, uh, uh, lobbying. Lobbying, yeah, lobbying and they are upset group. because uh, Apple's, you know, Apple's anti-tracking policy has cost them money because it's allowed people to go, no, I don't wish to be tracked by your... What a shame. You know, what a shame. Data harvesting bots. So, yeah. Um, I'm not sure what will come of that, but uh, I'm sure that will probably drag on forever and ever and ever, as such things always do. Um, it amazes me in this world that we live in that it doesn't matter what you do and how altruistic your motives are. <laughs> Someone somewhere will think that you're trying to rip them off. Indeed. But there um, you go. There we are. Um, and this is one. This is uh, one from Slash Gear, which is I, I found moderately interesting, and is um, five products Apple should probably never have discontinued. Um, and their suggestions are the iPod, um, Aperture, the photo uh, management and editing software. Mm. A lot of people seem to like that. They did. They did. Uh, Airport Extreme and the Time Capsule. Um, that I do, to some extent, agree with. Um, not sure about the iPod itself, but um, Aperture, not so sure. But the Airport... And time capsule range um, were very, very popular. They were, yeah. I'm, I'm not so sure about that, but um, well, you know, I'm not suggesting they I, should. I, I mean, in some ways, I think, I think the iPod. Uh, I can sort of see the iPod somehow because even the cheapest um, iPhone is is still a fair amount. And if the, if they were still doing iPods that were, you know, although I don't know. I'm gonna I'm gonna change my mind. <laughs> I was just about to say everything's digital these days anyway, so yeah, it's hardly any point carrying your music around with you, is the no. uh, interesting, you know, I found these I I just think that Apple um giving up on their own networking was uh, you know, wasn't particularly great for quite a lot of consumers. Um, well, maybe. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, you could the, be right. The, you know, in the Mac user group. Uh, quite a lot of our, um, well, most of us are of a certain age and above. Let's put it that way. It's not the the Mac user group is not exactly swarming in teenagers, but um, <laughs> you know, qu- quite a lot of the um, you know members there would uh, basically pay the premium to have Apple's wireless, um, yeah, you know, gear routers and whatnot because it was like. Well, if I buy that and I just plug it in and then it works and I don't have to worry about it. Um, there we go. Um, so, yeah, I was sad to see that go. Whether, you know, I'm sure Apple knew whether it was really worthwhile to continue for them. And yeah. uh, what else have they got here? The Thunderbolt display, which I definitely agree with. Um, mm-hmm. Because, obviously, they discontinued that and then the only real option since then has been their you know, extortionately expensive. Eye-wateringly expensive, yes. Yeah, yeah. Eye-wateringly expensive. Uh, what, they, what do they have called it now? The studio display and then the sort of super professional um, one, which are, uh, yes, painful amounts of money. I mean, as I recall, <laughs> the, yeah. the Thunderbolt display wasn't exactly cheap, but, um, yeah, I thought that was definitely a loss. 
Um, and they've got iWeb, which I completely disagree with. Sorry. <laughs> uh, they... Yeah, I'm not. Sure. Yeah, I'm not sure I agree with iWeb, but uh, but I never used it, so I don't know. No, I well, I played about with it, but it was very simplistic. Um, and I, I think by modern standards, it would be laughably toy town. Yes. So yeah. I, I think that quite a long served time it, ago <laughs> that served its purpose and went, you know, went when it needed to go. Um, Indeed. And uh, what else have we got here? Just to wrap it up, Nick, because we've been going a while. Um, scientists have invented an entirely new process for refrigerating things. Uh, this Mac Jim sent this one in. He found this one. Um, say hello to ionocaloric cooling. A new way to lower temperatures with the potential to replace existing methods, allegedly. Um, a method developed by researchers from the Lawrence Berkeley National Laboratory and the University of California, Berkeley in the US, takes advantage of the way that energy is stored or released when a material changes phase, such as when ice turns to liquid water. Um, here we are. Um, when you raise the temperature of a block of ice, it melts. What we might not see so easily is that melting absorbs heat from the surroundings, effectively cooling it down. One way mm. to force ice to melt without needing to turn up the heat is to add charged particles or ions. Putting salt on roads to prevent ice from forming is an example of this in action. Um, we think the ionocaloric cycle has the potential to meet the needs of refrigeration goals if realised appropriately. So um, this isn't anything. Interesting. You know, this isn't anything anywhere near some kind of, uh, you know, you're not going to be buying a salt and water driven no. fridge anytime near. No, but of course, um, everything, the things we are being encouraged to buy, the um, uh, heat, e heat um, pumps and things, work in exactly the same way as fridges. So, yes, it, it could have a relevant, it could have a relevance to, to what's being pushed oh, at the moment. Could... You no, know, could have relevance to all sorts of things in you know in the longer um, in the longer term. But, I, uh, but, but like a lot of these things, it's you know technically in a in a, in a laboratory kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. like so many of these things. Um, and then uh, this one was all over the place during the week. Um, some people have claimed the first room temperature and ambient pressure superconductor. I'm highly sceptical about this because we've all seen, you know, cold fusion and all these things. Um, and there's been a uh, some sort of paper produced um, where uh, we have succeeded in synthesizing a room temperature superconductor working at ambient pressure uh, using a modified lead ap appetite structure. Uh, um, fine. Uh, we'll see where that goes, shall we? Um, yes. Some people are, you know, all jumping up and down like, you know, the world is saved. Um, other people are rather more sceptical. Let's see where that goes. I mean, you know, somebody has... Was it in, the, was it in the 80s, they said? Was it in the 80s, they said, they'd, or 90s, that they said they'd uh, discovered cold fusion? Yes. There was, a, so. there was a big hoo-ha, wasn't there, at one point? And it was all found out to be a hoax in the end. Uh, yeah, or, or a or a misreading of the figures or something, yeah. and nobody could reproduce it and get the figures that they were getting. So. <laughs> That's right. Yes, yeah. 
Oh, well, yeah. it'd be interesting. I mean, the, the, the potential for, for that is, I mean, if that's true. Oh, it's massive. Absolutely huge. Yeah, absolutely you know, massive. Yeah. It would be if, you know, but it's like a room temperature and pressure soup conductor is like the philosopher's stone, isn't it? You know, it's the outcome dream it's, it's a little bit grail. it's a little bit it's a little bit like saying we've discovered how to bypass entropy <laughs> exactly and uh yeah um so yeah like but you very skeptical very skeptical but no at the same time i'm not utterly dismissive because mm -hmm. sometimes people stumble upon upon the strangest of things and uh, indeed you know don't get me wrong, I would very much like such a thing to be true and come about, but uh, want and truth are not the same thing. No. Definitely not. Um, and, right, I'm going to warn people about this one. <laughs> this is from about a week and a half ago, and uh, if I'm not careful, we'll have to put an explicit tag and a lot of bleeps into this <laughs> section. So I'm going to have to be very, very careful how I proceed. Apple has said it would remove iMessage and FaceTime in the UK rather than break end-to-end -end encryption, and Apple has slammed the UK surveillance bill proposals. Um, and for those who are not aware, our lovely government has a thing. Um, they wish to update a thing known as the Investigatory Powers Act of 2016 usually known to most people as the Snoopers Charter. Um, and it is now proposing that messaging services must clear security features with the Home Office before it releases them to customers. The Act would let the Home Office demand security features are disabled without telling the public, and under this update, this would have to be immediately. Um, Currently, there must be a review and there can also be independent oversight process and a technology company may appeal before it takes action. Um, yeah, any... I don't blame Apple for being annoyed at this. I mean, it's just... Well, it's not. It's, it's, not... it's, it's a little bit like America, isn't it? And um, where they've been constantly fighting against putting backdoors in software and well, things. Well, this is it's exactly... The same stuff. Yeah, uh... And obviously, it's not only Apple, WhatsApp, and Signal are among platforms which have opposed a clause in the online safety bill, allowing the communications regulator to require companies to install technology which can scan child abuse material in encrypted messaging apps and other services. They will not comply with it, they say, and Signal has threatened to leave the UK if you know, if this goes through. Apple was opposed to plan. Um, they are not about the creation of new powers, but making the act more relevant to current technology, says the government. Um, this is where I'm going yeah. to very, very carefully because I will lose my temper and say some very, very naughty words. Um, Apple has consistently opposed this act, originally dubbed the Sno Snoopers Charter, um, and uh, the submission in, to the current consultation is nine pages long and it opposes having to tell the Home Office of changes to product security features before release. The requirement for non-UK-based companies to comply with changes affecting their product globally, such as providing a backdoor to end-to-end -to -end encryption, having to take action immediately if a notice to disable or block a feature is received from the Home Office, rather than waiting until the demand has been revealed or uh, reviewed or appealed. 
Apple says it cannot make changes to security features specifically for one country. That would weaken a product for all users. Some changes would require the issue of a software update and cannot be made secretly. And the proposals constitute a serious and direct threat to data security and information privacy, which would affect people outside the UK. Um, this, this is the problem that you get when you live in a totalitarian state. And, oh, hold on a minute, we don't, do we? No. <laughs> <laughs> Although apparently certain members of our lovely government would uh, be quite happy if it was yeah um, yes it, it is not a yeah. not a political podcast though i'm not going to mention anybody with the initials sb and uh, <laughs> their dangerously fascist yeah. rhetoric um yeah it's it's not good this it's um it needs to be thoroughly thrown out and something better put in its place exactly um the cybersecurity act Expert Professor Alan Woodward of Surrey University said technology companies are unlikely to accept these proposals. There is a degree of arrogance and ignorance from the government, and they believe that some larger tech companies will comply with the new requirements without any fight. The Home Office told the BBC the Investigative Powers Act was designed to protect the public from criminals, child sex, child sex yeah. abusers, and terrorists. Of course, it is. Isn't it always? Yeah. Um, Having to show your papers when you're out walking as well. Of course, that'll keep us all safe. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, no, if you, no, no, it won't. No, it won't. Um, no. So, no, 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 no. And, um, yeah, I'm not surprised that all the people who deal in end-to-end -end encryption are against this, and quite rightly so. And, uh, unfortunately... If they, uh, you know, are forced into such a position by our government, would probably either pull features or pull out of the UK altogether. And uh, yeah. who could blame them? I'm sorry to say, but Indeed. who could blame them? Um, here we are. I'm very, very, very annoyed. Cranky. I'm it, very it, cranky. It, it just it yet again smacks of people demanding things they don't understand. Yeah, doesn't exactly. it? I mean, it, 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 it's people within government who say, oh, we must protect the children. And um, without really understanding the implications of what they're actually saying. And well, honestly, to... in their position, it's... they should know better. It's just no. Yeah. No, no, no. And no. no. It's dreadful. Oh, well. There we are. Yeah, I sometimes shall, we shall... despair at our own governments. We do, and I shall move on from that before my, you know, steam comes out of my ears and <laughs> bad words come out of my mouth. Um, wrap it up then with a couple of tips. Um, this is one which I had to look up for myself for uh, reasons. Uh, find saved Wi-Fi passwords on your iPhone or iPad. Now, this was introduced think in ios 16 but um where you can find the passwords for you know wi-fi networks you have previously connected to oh right um, i didn't know that yes oh, you can you but um a friend of mine rung me up and said can you remember the password for my wi-fi because i'm sure it's you know this yeah. and my friend has come round and he can't get on the wi-fi I mean, of course, this is a problem where people basically, you know, tend to live on their own. They've set up the Wi-Fi, connected all their gadgets to the Wi-Fi, and then three months later, you know, Aunt Edith comes around and wants to connect her iPhone to the Wi-Fi, 
and uh, people can't remember the password or can't remember it correctly. Mm -hmm. um, so I wanted to look it up, and um, I knew that you could do that on your on iOS, um, but I couldn't remember where to do it. So I had to have a quick, um, you know, ask the duck, and uh, you can do it, right, but it is not quite where you would think it is. Uh, to find the passwords of previously connected networks, go to the settings app, tap the Wi-Fi app, tap, tap the edit button in the top right-hand corner, and this will oh, display yeah. all the networks your device has previously joined. Select a network Goodness with gracious. a lock, uh, tap the password field, use your passcode or face ID or touch ID, and it will reveal password so it does wow and uh in the case of my friend that was very useful because she'd forgotten the capital and the exclamation mark ah uh, so yeah oh that's so, really useful isn't it especially if you've been connected to your friend's wi-fi yes <laughs> to <laughs> to help them out in that way oh that's excellent yeah. good it's, tip yeah and it's a little hidden and you know I yeah. had to go away and search for that. I knew you could do it, but I couldn't find it. I searched the phone. I looked through all the things. Yeah, hidden under edit is a very strange place to uh, to put it. But um, it is. But but that's brilliant. But that is very helpful. And um, yeah, and if you're like me, you know, and you have a lot of people uh, like my friend who don't, you know, once they've set the Wi-Fi up, um, have no other real need to reference it until somebody comes round and uh, yeah, that's right. Easy slip to make, you know. Mm -hmm. There was a missing a missing capital and a missing exclamation. Otherwise, they were correct. Um, and I've got an article here which we um, won't bother to go into in depth, but I'll put the link in. And it's um, it's how to use AirPods as hearing aids. After we were discussing that. Um, Last time we were together, Nick, and I think yeah. uh, Bart and I were also talking about uh, the use of AirPods as hearing aids. And here is um, a piece by a person called Toot Cat, um, which is an article uh, which says, I posted a link to an article earlier about what we can do to help prevent dementia. Um, apparently there is a link between poor hearing and dementia. Um, and then... There you go on. You can use your AirPods as a hearing aid. It takes a few minutes to set up, but can make a world of difference. And then they explain at some length how to uh, do such a thing uh, with that's good comments. So I just thought we'd post that. Excellent. That's worth knowing. And um, the last one from Digital Trends is this secret menu will change how you use your Mac forever. And as with such headlines, um, it is not at all secret. It's just little known and little used. And that is uh, the folder um, actions button. Oh, yes. Yeah. Which lives under the right click, I believe. Quick actions, I believe it is. And um, you can use uh, the folder uh, quick actions and folder actions to create, uh, you know, a variety of shortcuts. Um, and there you go. It's not really, um, it's not really um, secret, but it's let's just say uh, not as used as it probably could be. So there we are. 
uh, that's worth a read uh, if you're interested in making use of, you know, quick folder actions, which can um, do quite a lot of useful things for you, by the way. I can't say it's something I make a great deal of use of, but um, always worth brushing up on some of these things. Yes, um, what we were saying earlier, really, you know, the the features that we use, sometimes the stuff's under our nose and we're not even aware it's there. Exactly. That's good. Um, so, there we are. Right then, Nick, I think we've um, we've done our bit. So uh, we'll do the wrap-up, shall we? Hello? Can you hear me? Yes, well, you, you disappeared there slightly, but uh, yeah, I can hear you. Yeah, my um, <laughs> my headphones just decided to run out of battery. <laughs> <laughs> so you're, now coming through, you're now coming through my Mac, so... Uh... All right, that's okay. Right, so I was going to say, but shall we just do the wrap-up now then, Nick? I think we've jabbered on about all the stories we need to cover so uh, sounds sounds good to me sounds good to me so uh you can of course find both of us in the slack room um if you don't know or have never listened before uh, go to the show notes click the slack room link and you will be admitted directly to the inner sanctum where nick and i and various others uh conduct lively discussions on all manner of uh, things including the weather and movies and uh, such like finding out the intricacies finding out the intricacies of jim's joke book yes indeed jim's uh, (laughs) scottish joke book oh while we're talking about that one thing i i uh, will mention before we go is um if you're not familiar with it, have did you watch a series on Apple TV called The After Party? No. Okay, well, series two is now on, and um, if you're not familiar with it, it's a sort of Agatha Christie-esque, you know, house murder. It starts with somebody being found dead, murdered. Uh-huh. Um, and, all, you know, it's the usual, nobody leave the house, we must find out who the murderer is. Um <laughs> <laughs> in in in, in yeah. that sense, and it's done slightly, you know, in a slightly uh, humorous and camp way. And then each episode uh, tells the story of, uh, you know, the evening leading up to the murder from a different character's point of view. Oh, yes, I know what you mean. Yeah, but it's it's also uh, very humorous. So there's lots of jokes and and whatnot going on at the same time. That sounds um, good. It is very very good. Uh, the new one, I think there've been three episodes. Was it? I think it's three episodes. It's not. It's still, you know, coming out one a, a week. But it, uh, in this one, it's very funny in that um, the main characters are basically the same, but the like the supporting cast are different. And um, but in this one, as each person tells their tale, it's not just being told from their point of view but uh, filmed in a different style. So one of the characters tells the um, their version of the story and it's all filmed like it's, um, you know, one of these sort of uh, late 18th, early 19th century novels, like yeah. Jane Austen or something. And then uh, another guy is asked to tell his version of the story and it's all filmed in black and white, like a Humphrey Bogart noir uh, detective Sid story, so uh, you know it's it's good fun, whilst actually being intriguing as to who done it, because of course everybody could have done it, which is the, yes, of course, yeah, the, the, the sounds... usual. <laughs> it is, it's good fun, and I think the I don't think the episodes are very long. 
I think they're 40 minutes an episode. So, um, you can yeah, still I think see... I've can- I think I've cancelled my Apple TV subscription at the moment. So ah, well, you know, save it come up back to it later. Yeah, yeah save... save yeah. I mean, you know, there's, there's now two two series. Well, what there's one complete, obviously, the after-party version one. Um, and it's got some, you know, it has some... Um, it's very funny, as well as, you know, it's quite humorous, whilst also exploring who done what to who. So, yeah, I also put in the slack about um, I saw a, a trailer for a, 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 a film coming in October called The Great Escaper. Um, yes, and I think I think it's meant to be a play on words, you know, yeah. as in The Great Escape. Um, but it's about a ninety odd year old guy who and his wife um, who decides that he wants to go and pay his last respects. Um, in uh, France um, uh, on D-Day. Um, but for some reason, I, I, I didn't really show much of the background, on, obviously, on the trailer, but uh, there were people who didn't want him to go and perhaps his family. And um, uh, and he ends up running into some Germans, of course, and uh, it, it looks really good. Look, just just the little snippet I saw. Um, so I'm looking forward to that in October. That, that looks really good. Excellent. Might keep that in mind then. Um, what else? I did. I put a, a list of things I've watched recently that I thought were good in the in the Slack room. Yeah. Um, there was. Um, I watched one the other night on Amazon, which is a ludicrous black comedy about um, a bunch of guys who uh, it's never stated, but I suspect they're meant to be um, IRA, and uh, they're going to buy a bunch of illegal weapons from um, this South African arms dealer, um, and it all goes horribly wrong. And the it's called Free Fire, and the whole film is basically a shootout in this disused <laughs> Right. <laughs> um, I mean, it's very, and it's, it's a very black comedy, so it's very funny. Yeah. Um, it's, I mean, there's, you know, there's everybody shooting at each other and all sorts, but it's also very, very funny. But it is full of very bad language, so if you're offended by, you know, a lot of swearing it might not be for you. I found it absolutely hilarious because it kind of spoofs the action movie big shootout in that the whole film is basically a shootout. Um, <laughs> people, you know, and, and by the end of it, pretty much everybody's got shot. It, it's very funny. Um, and a whole load of others. But if you want to find out what other things I've watched and recommend, you'll have to join the Slack room, won't you? And uh, have a look. Indeed. Come and join it, us. Come and join us in there. Um, and uh, I, I think that's probably about it. You can find me on uh, Twitter and Mastodon as at Serenak, and that's S-E-R-E-N-A-K. Oh, or should I say X, but never mind. I'm not going to go down that road. Everybody's going to call it Twitter for the next 10 years, regardless of what Elon wants. Um and I guess that's about it. Thank you for listening. Thank you for all the people who support us in all the usual ways of sending us money and beer and that sort of thing. Um, no one I've sent also... me any beer. Oh, I know. It's not very good, is it? <laughs> oh, no, please, um, please don't send me beer. <laughs> <laughs> it's, um, I've discovered, I should probably pay more attention to these things, but I've discovered that the auto poster, when, we put, when I put um, new shows up, on the website, yeah, it's it's supposed to uh, send out a tweet, you know, saying the latest version of um, you know, the Essential Apple is out, and no more than that. But uh, it yeah. seems for a 
couple of months. It's not been working. Oh. Um, hmm. um, Alastair said, well, that's because it's a bot. And, you know, allegedly um, Elon wanted to get rid of all the bots. He's like, yeah, thanks a bunch then. I don't think that's the sort of bots we need rid of, is it? The bot that auto-posts, yeah, a new version, you know, a new episode of XYZ is now available. It's not and no, we want that one to work, yeah. Not the sort of bot, you know, I want that to work for all sorts of reasons. All sorts of reasons. Um, not just for my own purposes, but, it, you know, nice to know. I want to know that um, Mac and Forth has, you know, yep, posted that's or right. whatever. Or uh, any other, but um, so that's broken. So I'm going to have to go back to posting those manually when I post the show, which is mildly annoying. But uh, there we are. Thanks for that one, Elon. Again. <laughs> anyway, that's enough of us. Come on, we'll be off, and uh, hopefully we'll be back next week. So uh, until then, Nick and A, we'll say goodbye. Cheerio. <laughs> You've been listening to the Essential Apple Podcast. And I'd like to say if you enjoy the show and would like to support us, feel free to go over to the website essentialapple.com and you will find links to both Patreon and the Pinecast Tips Jar where you can make a donation towards the costs of the show. Uh, Or even if you're really keen, you could set up a recurring payment. And thank you very, very much to all the people who already do support us. We really do appreciate you very much indeed. This show is, of course, part of the My Mac Podcasting Network, where you can find a variety of other shows like the My Mac Podcast with Guy and Gaz, the G-Men, Tech Fan with Tim and David, the Nintendo Club Podcast, the Geekiest Show Ever, the Three Geeky Ladies, uh... Bart Bouchotts and his wonderful Let's Talk Apple, and possibly some more that I've forgotten. So why not go over to mymac.com, take a look at the available podcasts, and take a listen. I don't know who you are, but I will find you. And when I do, you had better be listening to the Tech Fan Podcast, because if you're not, well, you may not live long enough to regret it. Remember... It's called the Tech Fan Podcast. Listen, and you won't regret it. HMRC data, my name, my national insurance number, and my pension amounts and history. Lovely. Fantastic. Yeah. So as, a, as an apology, they've given us 12 months worth of Experian, um, Experian Plus, a whole 12 months. So there mm. you go. 
So I thought, well, I might as well sign up to it. Why not? Mm, 12 months for free, I suppose. It's 12 months for free. Not much compensation yeah. for 40 years' worth of data going down the tubes, is it? <laughs> but, uh... No, not really. But there you go. And, and it does say on the... I suddenly thought, hold on a minute. I didn't hear them say... Because ultimately, this is only going to be 12 months. I guessed it was 12 months before I read it. and uh, But it does say right at the end, they won't charge you automatically at the end of it. So well, that's okay, I suppose. I don't know what that's worth. I don't know what Experian costs, Experian Plus. No idea. I'll be honest. No idea. So It just basically oh. says, be careful. Be careful, you know, with the information. I mean, the trouble is, I mean, we get it all the while, don't we? So yeah. I'm constantly, constantly getting spam. Not um. Uh, no, not so much spam, but I, I definitely have had uh, oh, probably a, a dozen in the last few months that have just been fairly obvious that they're, they're a scam. But there nice. you go. Yes. Lovely. How about you? You all right? Uh, yeah, 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 I'm all right. I had, um, obviously, after the fun last week with the car, and then... Um, oh, dear, yes. Yes, uh, we'll talk about that a bit, because um, they gave me... Well, they've, you know, provided me with a hire car. That's yes. It's going to be two weeks to fix mine. Um, right. Because it's a wet belt problem. Lovely. Um, I thought it was the minute it happened, because that's exactly what happened to it before when it had one. Right. Uh-huh. Um, but they've given me this um, V-Dub Golf 22 plate, and um, it's got, like, active cruise control. Oh, yeah which I'm not used to. I mean, my Citroen's got cruise control, but it basically, you know, it sets the speed and you've got a little thing you can move, nudge it up and down. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. So, like, you know, if you're going along at 40 and you see the 30s sign, you nudge it down to 30 and just slow down. But this one, like, actively yeah. detects the speed limit and slows down for you as you approach. Oh, right, okay. Oh, I've not come across that before. I mean, slow. my my car yeah. tells you what the speed limit is, but then it's up to you to do something about it. <laughs> well, no, this one, like, as I was driving, like I drove it the first time, and I'm I was driving along at thirty mile an hour, and then I like I sped up, and I was trying to figure out how the um, cruise control worked. Yeah, and, and it took me a little while because it's a bit different. But anyway, I figured it out. So then I'm going along, and it says, "Oh, forty ahead," and sped up to forty, and I thought, "Oh," and then it said thirty detected slowed down to 30. <laughs> Which I thought, oh, this is nice. Well, I quite like yeah. this. Yeah, the only, I, well, I got a bit of a shock when it came out of the 30s limit. It went, national speed limit detected, and like jumped up to 60 <laughs> and started accelerating. Well, that's all very well, but uh, where I am, there's a lot of there's a lot of roads which might be national speed limit, but you do not want to drive at sixty along them. I can assure you. <laughs> so a a, you know. Sixty along a single track road, yeah. Like, no, it might be it might be you know not restricted speed, but bloody hell, I know. Quick, quick, press the how do I turn it off? Press the down button. Slow it, slow it down, slow it down. I mean, obviously, it doesn't jump straight to sixty. It's not that fast, but it's like no, it starts no, accelerating. No. You're like, what? Oh my god! Quick, press the down button. Get it down to forty-five. I must admit, oh. my uh, uh, the cruise controls I've had have been or um, adaptive cruise controls. Um, they tend to accelerate more quickly than I do, anyway. Normally, well, that's <laughs> quite interesting because so. this one it seems quite smooth. You know, it's very pleasant. It doesn't like I don't know if you put it. In oh yeah, no, mode. no, it's not. Uh, it's not. It's not uh, excessively uh, fast acceleration. It's just that I'm. <laughs> 
<laughs> I drive like a vicar. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, you know, I didn't find it even that. Probably accelerates slightly slower than I might do, to be honest. But oh, it's, right, okay. It, well, I suppose each one's different, aren't they? Well, yeah, but it, I, I found it quite pleasant. And it's it's the first time I've had, um, I've driven a car with lane control, you know, or lane assist. Yeah, that, they're amazing, aren't they? That I, ha- I, that I haven't actually automatically turned off because I had a Vauxhall, which was horrible, again, yeah. when, when I had a higher car. And the lane control on that was like, if you wanted to change lane, you had to fight it. It was like... Oh, yeah, no. It was yes. like, no, no, you're not changing lane. It's like, I bloody well am. And, um, and then I had uh, a... Th- there's, the, uh, yeah, there's the one, the, the points where if you're on fairly local roads that... Uh... It tries to throw you into the middle of the road for no really apparent reason. <laughs> well, that, um, this this one's not too bad. And if you, like, I did tested it, you know, when there was nobody about, by just driving up, like letting it go near the line, take yes. my hands off, and it it follows the line, right, for a, a few seconds, and then it will ping at you, like you know, yeah, get back in lane, oi, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. oi, pay attention, but it will. Um, it will like steer itself along the scent, you know, without crossing the line, which is quite That's nice cool. for a short distance. Mm-hmm. And um, and if you put the indicator on to change lane, it does it doesn't give you anything when you cross the lines. But the Vauxhall I had was horrible, and you know, it didn't matter what you were doing. If you wanted to change lane, you had to kind of like wrestle the steering wheel to go across the line. <laughs> yes, I've had that. And then I had a Ford. Where the lane control was utterly useless, didn't appear to do anything apart from occasionally go ping for no apparent reason. It was like, oh, <laughs> no sort of vibration in the steering wheel or anything. This is like exactly oh, right. where you what? This is well, if there was, it was so subtle you couldn't detect it over the lumpy roads. But um, yeah, yeah. The only thing I found with this one is sometimes we're in a country, you know, going down a country road, which isn't not like single track, but not what you'd consider a wide road. Mm-hmm. It'll, it'll say to you, get back in the centre of the lane. There's no white lines, you know, down these roads. But it says, get back in the centre of the lane. And it's like, well, there are no, there's not really any centre of a lane to get into, mate. So that's um, interesting. Oh, and it's very aggressive about parked cars. If, you're, if you've got it on and you're going through a village and there's a parked car, it'll go like, <laughs> <laughs> you have to be careful of those. But um, no, overall, it's quite nice, I have to admit. Quite. I quite like it. So, totally um, good. You don't like it because it's too low down, dear. I've jacked the seat up. Yes, I, I know. But there you go. Right, my wife. She don't. She don't like getting in and out of it because it's a VW Golf and it's quite low to the ground. Yeah, that's my. That was my only criticism of the Hyundai. I had the Ionic. That it was. It was just a little bit low for me. I prefer I mean, to be a little bit higher up. You can crank the seats up on on this. It's got those sort of you know. You pull the lever and raise the seat up. Yes, off yeah. the floor. But if you're quite, if you're quite tall like I am, anyway. Um, yeah, you don't. Yeah. <laughs> you just end, you end up you end up with your head on the roof, you know. <laughs> yeah, luckily we don't suffer uh, from that. But, and you can't uh, quite see out of the out of the out of the window. So. <laughs> yeah. So, but, so you know, overall, I think it's quite. Although, <clears throat> yeah, after breaking down on the Saturday and getting the car a few days later. Yeah. Um, when was it? Yes, no, not yesterday. Was it Friday? Friday, Friday. I drove to mm-hmm. the shop, went in the co-op, came out of the co-op, got in the car, 
press the button, it just come up with millions of warning lights all over the shop. Oh, great. So I had to call the, well, I called the number on the um, thing, and they said, oh, uh, you need to speak to somebody else. So they put me through, but they didn't put me through the right place. So then I found the number I was supposed to call, and I called that, and they said, we'll call the AA. And I thought, oh, here we go. Anyway, the woman from the AA turned up in about 15 minutes, which was... Oh, that's amazing. very good. I, thought, yeah. I, must have been, um, I must have just been really lucky there. I think she must have just been around the corner. But, um, right. Even so, that's good, isn't it? Yep, yep. So she came and did the... Um, looked at it all, you know, turned the, took the key out. Well, it doesn't go out. It's a keyless thing. You don't put the key anywhere. But it just kept flashing up things like, you know, uh, stability system offline and parking sensors offline and blah, blah, blah. And it kept coming up with things saying, check starter system. Um, it sounds, it, it, it's the kind of thing that I've heard happens to electric vehicles, and it's quite often the 12-volt battery that's the issue. Yep, well. So whether she, whether whether it's that, I don't know. But, well, um, yep. But she, then it she, could and then be. It kept saying up with the thing saying, check starter system, um, open safety wallet, which was like, well, what the hell does that mean? And I'm looking in all the all the <laughs> cubby holes. There's no there's no instruction manual with the car, no drivers. Yes, you can't find can't find a safety wallet anywhere. Well, nothing. So <laughs> anyway, so she she came and poked about a bit and went. Mm. I said, yeah, I think we need to turn it off and on again. She goes, yep. Took it, took the opened the bonnet, put a meter on the um, battery. Went well, the battery seems pretty flat. I said, well, it shouldn't have been. I've just done 50 miles. I went to Colchester and back. So it had been on a long um, run. So anyway, she put a charger on it for five minutes, and then she took it off and tried it, nothing. So then she just disconnected the battery, waited a minute, put the battery back on, and then everything reset itself. So it really was, you know, have you turned it half and on again? <laughs> yeah. It's so that was, uh, you know, that was fun. Luckily, like I say, only took 20 minutes, but... Um, mildly annoying at least i was in the co-op car park yeah yes at least you weren't in the middle of nowhere like when the come when i had the problem with the other one luckily we managed to pull into a lay-by otherwise i'd have been stuck in the middle of the live deal carriageway which had been a hell oh yeah you don't want to be doing that yeah that would have been a lot less pleasant anyway there we go what we got here we got i've got a load of stories because i've got a week and a half's worth mm-hmm um I see you did a show with Bart. That's nice. I, yep. I, I haven't got round to listening to it yet, but I'm looking forward to hearing that. Yeah, I had that one booked. That was a week you said you weren't available. I think. Yeah. Um, a couple of weeks ago. Well, yeah, it took me took me forever to get round to it. What with the car breakdown and a million other things going on. <laughs> Plus, the edit was a yeah. bit more nasty than usual because we had um, yet again Discord kind of failed us, cut Bart off in the middle. Oh dear. And then, um, oh, then yes, can... I, I think I had a couple of messages pop, pop up on Discord um, while you were trying to sort it out. That's uh... yeah, and we couldn't get, um, and then he, he wasn't sure what it was, but he, so he, he dropped audio hijack and then he was just using a live mic, you know, fed straight into right. straight into Discord, which sounded mm-hmm. all right to me, but when I played the recording back, um, the gain levels were different from the front half right. to the back half. Plus, it was a really hot afternoon, and I was in my flat, so I had to have the windows open so I didn't die of heat exhaustion. <laughs> so there was a lot of traffic noise. So by the time I'd filtered out as much traffic noise as I could, then I had to tweak the 
sound of my voice because obviously you take this traffic noise out with like noise filters it flattens everything yes i, I know what you mean yeah i had to kind of tweak the treble and bass to try and make it sound half decent then i had to mess about with the back half of bart's recording to try and get the sound level somewhere nearer the front levels plus i had to go through and pick out all the things like loud motorbikes that the noise gate couldn't take out yes oh that that would have been uh yeah i couldn't see that was time time consuming yeah you have to keep scrolling forward well i've got a on. smart meter man coming tomorrow to fit me oh, in, fit me a new smart meter fit you another smart meter after your other one went yeah because no the, the the other meter's okay it's just that it's a smets one 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 oh right one 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 and uh, yes and um i need a smets too so that i can get it so they can start paying me i've just had a bill from them okay which is very good it was 29 pounds because obviously i've been using almost no electricity from the grid whatsoever mm. um and i, I haven't used much gas because it's been warm so i haven't needed yeah. it um but uh but of course if i if they'd been paying me for the what i've been exporting then they would have owed me they'd have owed you money so once you get your new meat yeah you can so um... i want to get their get their act together as soon as possible so that i can start getting some money for all this electricity i'm giving them yeah too right mate well they're keen enough to charge you for what they give you yeah absolutely be paying you for what you give back there we go right well shall we start might as well yes why not why not Let's, uh...